This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. A high fly left center field. Nice call, partner. Four to one. Woof! Twins beat the Angels <laughs> again, eight to seven. What? Yes, never sir. a doubt. Never a doubt. Jens, can I just? I just want to ask a question off the top of the show. You, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, all new Score North, Score North mobile app. Thank you to those of you who have downloaded. We've been uh, we've been delivering push notifications of news and Timberwolves things the last twenty four hours. And, and we'll Judd Collins, yes, making fun of Miguel Sano. I've been, I'm not making fun of anyone. I've been covering baseball off and on as a beat writer. For I, I was very detail oriented as a beat writer. I knew all the minor league teams, etc. Uh huh. Um, I'm not a beat writer anymore, but I still follow baseball. Like I'm in a 33, uh, 33 player on each roster fantasy baseball league. Oh my god! That there are sixteen like teams in my work. league. Like Dude, you make your life too hard. Like I'm negotiating a trade right now that involves a double A player. Can you okay? focus on the? He's show, a complete please? derelict. <laughs> Just go with that. I, I give you that background to set up the question, who the hell is Mike Morin? <laughs> and why was he pitching to Mike Trout and Shohei Otani with the bases loaded in the ninth inning of a one-run game? You know why? What? You know why he was pitching to those guys? Because he's Mike Morin. That's why. Because he got those <laughs> out. He? Mike Morin. Apparently this dude pl- has pitched 190 games in the major leagues. I, I will do my best Burt Blight... Levin here and tell you exactly who Mike Morin is. Mike Morin's a 28-year-old right-hander from Andover, Minnesota. He's a local kid. Uh-huh. Oh, he's from our mm-hmm. backyard. Drafted See? by the Kansas City Royals in the 40th round of the 2009 MLB Junior Amateur Draft. And then by the Angels. So he he shoved against his former team yeah. in the 13th Robert round. Robert said he was uh, Mike Trout's former teammate. Okay. So I didn't know he was a former Angel. I learned that while yeah. watching the game. Let's see who else he played for here. He's been around for Kansas a while. Kansas City, Seattle. Yep. And Minnesota are the uh, yeah. are the other teams. That's here. who Mike Morin is. The bottom line is, don't question who Mike Morin is. Don't question anything about this Twins team. Let go of your inhibitions. You're, you're the solely anti judge. Didn't you learn a thing last and cut night? Cut the brakes. The score. Trevor Hilton Burger's gonna come in and give up bombs. Give up four would have been the rhyme there. Oh man, that Shut, was why is he pitching? Why, why is he still? I, he seems like a really nice guy. Why is he okay. still pitching? Here's because what let's, let's, let's you have to have guys pitching like they're. <laughs> let, let's sort this out. 
Let's start this out. That's why. Jason Stark's going to join us in about 15 minutes here. Okay. Let's start this out. Okay. So we have a classic case of, like, let's not let's not go too crazy evaluating a one-game baseball uh, situation, okay. like, like football. Okay? Right. Like, you have games in baseball, or you wind up with Mike Morin pitching to Mike Trout. Yeah. Because you, you're looking out for the long-term well-being of a Taylor Rogers. You don't want to burn Taylor Rogers' arm out in the middle of May when you plan on playing in October, right? So, like, I'm I'm sort of caught between, I don't want to hyper-analyze the micro. Like, you win weird games, and you wind up blowing some leads, and things happen in baseball. Mm-hmm. That's the micro. But then the macro over here is, could Craig, could Craig Kimball have been pitching that inning? Could Craig Kimball have been pitching at some point in this series? Sure. And at some point, does it make sense to just, once we get past the draft, probably, because that's what every team is hung up on, the draft pick compensation, yeah, that's kind of what I what I'm caught between here. So I'm okay, I'm okay with the Twins having a funky win, but I don't want Mike Morin pitching in September. No, but against a, a playoff contender. It's okay. May fifteenth. By the way, it's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom! It's May fifteenth, and you're the best team in baseball. And and most teams in that position aren't adding to their bullpen or any other right, part of their roster at this point in the season. You don't think that's a mistake? No. With Craig Kimbrell out there? Let me let me. Help I mean, you would out. I be happy if they signed Craig Kimbrell? Yes. Let me give absolutely. you the let me give you the May macro with Trevor Hildenberger, who by the way had Why a Why do I feel like they lost nice today? Why month? does it feel like we're talking I, about a team give, that can lost can I, and isn't Can good? I give you this is more than one game. Can I give you coming into today in five May appearances sure. what Trevor Hildenberger, the sidewinder, had done? Mm-mm-mm. Eight earned runs in four and a third innings, 12 hits. That translates to a 16.62 ERA. And then today he came back in the game. And Trevor Hildenberger, this afternoon against Los Angeles, a third of an inning, three hits, three earned runs. His ERA is now 8.36 on the season. That's not today, gentlemen. That's a problem. Remember earlier in the season when he was the guy who came in and put out fires? Like you could bring him in with the bases loaded and one out and a one run lead in the yes. ninth, and he would just—I do remember that. He would just Houdini his way out of it. I do remember that. What happened? Well, he doesn't. I feel like he—he he throws like eighty nine for one, and sometimes the sidewinder guy is really good for a couple of years, and then it's just like it's, he doesn't have wipeout stuff, right? He's yeah. got good good off speed stuff. Yeah, it's mostly deception. So I think I think we're to, to judge point. I think going forward, if you can get something out of Trevor Hildenberger, awesome. If Mike Morin can help you save Taylor Rogers' arm, awesome. Do something between now and the trade deadline, but preferably soon. Most so, most improvements to baseball teams midseason, when you talk about rosters and adding talent, whether it's through a trade or whether it's going to sign a Craig Kimbrell, they usually happen after July 1st. Why we're all sitting here and acting like it's imperative and urgent that they go out and and get a Madison Bumgarner or sign Craig Kimbrell or make some other kind of trade or acquisition at this point in the season is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the only thing different about this season than past seasons is guys like Dallas Keuchel and 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 uh, Craig Kimbrell are available, where in most seasons they wouldn't be. But that's the only thing that's different about this season than any other season. If those two guys weren't out there, we wouldn't be sitting here complaining about the bullpen or talking about... Why aren't they going out and getting somebody to fix this bullpen now? Because they because that's not what teams do. Well, I'd still be complaining. And Kimbrell's out there. You but but you just said it. Okay, but he's out there. There's 29 other teams that aren't signing him either. There's something up there. 
Okay, so, but 29 other teams didn't have to put up with watching Trevor Hildenberger try and get out today. Trust me, there are Trevor Hildenbergers in every bullpen. Well, this make it makes too much sense. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to have a moment of self again. Self we're talking like they lost today. That, and that's what I want to touch on. Let go of your apprehensions. I'm going to I'm going to blow a whistle on myself. I'm okay. going to let Judd speak for himself. Judd, you can deal with your own feelings and emotions here oh, however I, you want to. I got feelings. But I was guilty 7 minutes ago of starting the show along with Judd with <laughs> The negative thing that we perceive from the early part of the season, right? Like the bullpen isn't perfect yet. Mm -hmm. And they have time to what you're saying to make it perfect. I am so haunted and scarred. And some of it goes back to the lottery last night by Minnesota sports. You tend to knee jerk react to the thing that like to the negative thing. The, The twins won eight to seven today. They took two of three from the angels and they are now 12 games above 500. They're 27 and 15. They're in first place in the middle of May. Hashtag is happening. And Byron Buxton hit a two run homer to the moon and is now batting 278 with a 336 on base percentage and slugging 500. What's that sweet, sweet OPS? Let me do some math here. 836. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And Ooh. made a great throw last night, too. Oh. A game, game-saving throw last night. That's Jorge Polanco is one of the best hitters in baseball across the board the first six weeks. All-star. 331, a 400 on-base percentage, slugging over 600. Those are Tony Gwynn-like numbers mm-hmm. with more power. Yeah. He's Tony Gwynn with He's more Tony, power. You had Mitch Garver, before he got hurt, was Barry Bonds in catcher's gear. And Polanco, say it again. He's Tony Gwynn with more power. power. Yes. Come on. And I came on nine minutes ago and was negative to start the show, and I apologize to you guys and everybody else. No, you're exactly right. No, No. he wasn't. No, no. And And here's why. And here's why. And here's why. Because I'm consistent. And I've told Phil this before. I am the Minnesota sports parent. And you know what? If my kids are succeeding, that's great. But I look at my kids that aren't, and I say, how can my kids achieve? I want my kids, I want my baseball team to go to Harvard, all right? I don't want no junior college kids. I want a Harvard baseball team. And for that to happen, there is a chance that this team can achieve greatness. But if I'm to be consistent and I'm to get the greatness that I so desire from this godforsaken sports state, I need to continue to press the buttons of these children to get the most from them. I'm not the lackadaisical parent who sits around drinking Mai Tais while my kids run in the middle of the street (laughs) dodging traffic. I look at Junior in the middle of the street trying to dodge traffic, and I say, how can I get Junior out of traffic? I know. I'll pick up my phone and call Craig Kimbrell. I'm going to sum up everything Judd just said. Mm -hmm. This is what what I heard. Yeah. I'm just negative. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting the best out of this team. I'll use your analogy. I'll, I'll... Cut the brakes on my analogy for a second and well, use you your analogy. My, you just hit my kid because your brakes were cut. I mean, why is he playing in the street, dummy? Well, I know. Um, that's the problem. Because he was sidewinding, throwing pitches sidewinding. But your, your analogy of you want your kid to be in Harvard and, yep. and not in a community college. Look, sometimes when your kid wasn't really trying in high school... You got to go to community college before you can go to Harvard. You got to go. You got to go and get that GPA up and prove that you can go to Harvard first. That's where the Twins are right now. The Twins are a team that fa- they're like a young Rami Makhlouf that failed his first two years of high school and then had to go to community college because his high school resume was so terrible. No university would accept him. That's where the Twins are coming from. The Twins failed the first two years of high school. 
They're going to community college now and proving to us that they are worthy of Harvard. Harvard comes in July when moves start being made in the Major League Baseball season. That's that's when you get the call from Harvard. Cut the brakes. Is, is, is this Matt Morin right now on Fox Sports North? Mike Morin. I, I don't know it's what he Mike, looks it's like. Mike, so it's so Mitch, Mitch Morin? It's Mike Morin. And over kid with Marnie Mitch, right now. Mitch Morin? No, it's not Mitch Morin. God, get his name right. You know, if, if Major League Baseball was like the WWE, after Morin plunked Mike Trout with yeah. the bases loaded yeah. to cut it to a one-run game, you know what would have happened? What? Craig Kimball would have come walking out through smoke and stone cold Steve Austin's music. That's Craig Kimball's music. Fuck off! I love how you just tweeted that first. Well, not 21 minutes ago you tweeted that. You've been holding on to that puppy. I need to test my one-liners on Twitter first. See if they get likes. That's Royce like. That's my material. I'll float this one out there. See what happens. Good God almighty! Six five one six four six eight two five five. Jason Stark coming up soon here. Paul, you're on with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Well, I'm a good opening act for Jason. How's that? Yes, you are, Paul. Yeah. Bring it. <laughs> How long are we going to give Trevor? Uh, you know, he was great at the beginning of the year, but something's obviously wrong here, uh, and they don't have a whole lot of answers, obviously, outside of signing somebody. How long are we going to give him? I mean, Judd, Judd's done now. I can't do this anymore. Um, yeah. I, Sorry. I, I need to know. I, I, you know, this would all be very much solved if Fernando Romero was uh, the pitcher yeah, that you thought happened? he was going into the yeah, year. Yeah, what happened or, to him? Man, he, he looked promising and then he disappeared. Lost the strikes on in spring training. What in the world? Lost now, who, his was smile. It, who was that other guy? Uh, <laughs> was it last year? He was up for about a week. Uh, had an afro. I forgot his name. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? The guy who came up for a week with an afro last year. I have no idea. Man. He started a game. He started a game. Thin thin guy. There were so many pictures. Uh, yeah, well. All right. Show your baseball knowledge, Bill. No, Paul, Paul, I love how this is like this is the state that this the twins from 2011 through 2018. It's very much like the twins from 1993 through 2000, where it's like, who is that guy with the Italian last name yeah. <laughs> who like didn't wear batting gloves? Exactly. Oh, Jay Canizero, that guy, right? I'm gonna yeah. I'm, I'm gonna read you a list of pitchers from last year, Paul, and you tell me okay. if it's one of these guys. All right. All right. Um, I'll just I'll I'll start with the obscure ones. Well, Alan Buzinitz, what happened to that guy? Uh, oh, Gonsalves, Belial, yep. Mejia, Zach Littell, Oliver Drake, uh, no. Aaron Slagers, John Curtis, no, Andrew Vasquez, Tyler Kinley. Was it Vasquez? Vasquez came up and got shelled for five minutes this year. You might as well just start to make uh, up names now. Different guy, different Johnny guy. Johnny Field pitched an inning for the Twins at one point. Did he come in and pitch an inning? Yeah. I'm sure it was great. So, Paul, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Who's the guy with the afro? Bring him back. I googled Minnesota Twins afro. Nothing came up. Okay. Nothing, <laughs> nothing pertinent came up. Thanks, Rob. No problem. <laughs> Updated standings, too. Okay. This was not a pretty win, but the Twins did score a bunch of runs, and Byron Buxton hit a ball to the moon. Uh, the Twins are four and a half games up on the Cleveland Indians. Their 643 winning percentage is second best in the American League behind only the Houston Astros. And uh, it's also second best in all of Major League Baseball. The Twins have the second best record in all of Major League Baseball. And they have the third best run differential in the American League, in case you're wondering whether it's fluky. Was he asking what's up with Trevor May? Is that what he asked at the start of the call? 
No, Hildenberger. No, Hildenberger. Oh, Hildenberger. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's a lot of Trevors. Yeah. Okay. I thought he was talking about Trevor Mann. I was like, did I miss something? I pulled up his numbers and he's been lights out. I was like, what? Okay. But that makes more sense. People get mad at Trevor May because he plays Fortnite and he streams video games on Twitch. How dare he? He's actually used exactly correctly. The twins do a good job. The, the problem is now, Hildeberger went from being lights out in that role, which is a really important role, to he can't get outs. Trevor May is used exactly how he should be. But Myron Morin was incredible today for the twins. Amazing. Just locked it down. Amazing. Can't believe you don't. I mean, guy basically grew up around the corner from you in Andover. You're in Buffalo. Well, Ch- I mean, and Champlin's where I was born, so even closer to Yeah, him. exactly like, right. We probably grew even, up together. Probably, probably. You probably, you're probably childhood friends. You probably, probably played catch it. with them. You probably they, played on your Little League team. The Champlin Dayton Athletic Association. We probably played baseball against each other. He probably plunked me like he did with Mike Trout today. <laughs> or struck you out. That's more Probably likely. Probably struck you out. Yep. Yeah, that's more likely. Uh, so ye- yesterday, just a couple things ahead here on uh, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. So yesterday we asked the question, is the NFL salary cap just fake because the Vikings lit it on fire? And we're going to answer that question in about 45 minutes with Andrew Brandt, who used to run the Packers player contracts and uh, and negotiations from the late 90s to the early 2000s. We'll talk to him at He's 5 o'clock. the best in the business at making... Making things uh, understandable for dummies like us. Like and really complicated salary things. He, he makes it understandable for big dummies like the three of us sitting here. And he'll help us with that at 5 o'clock today. But Jason Stark from The Athletic and MLB Network can help us determine whether we should all cut the brakes on the Minnesota Twins. Let's talk about TCL TVs for a brief moment here. You know, Rocco Baldelli's bald head is very shiny in 4K picture quality here. Uh, which could be good or bad. I mean, you might want to make sure you're washing your face if you're on a if you're on a 4K TV. Yeah, I see some blackheads. Yep. Yeah. Got to be careful. Nope, the zoom out. That's probably good. Um, TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand, and there's many reasons for that. Cost. If you compare just the cost of TCL TVs compared to some other prominent brands, check mark for TCL. Picture quality, check mark. Connected slash streaming. Platforms, check mark with the built-in Roku device. You get 4,000 streaming channels. The most streaming entertainment platforms of any TV on the market. Uh, if you're a sports fan, that means access to pretty much anything you could ever imagine. I know that uh, our guy Jonathan uses a TCL TV in the control room over there to watch obscure soccer games pretty much every day. Uh, there's not a league that he's not watching. The on Premier the League. Not the Premier League. No. no. The Premier League. Premier League. Yes. Today was Syria. Yes. Syria. Ah. Yeah. Italy. It's a TCL TV. Yes. Very sophisticated, <laughs> top of the line TV. And uh, we've got them all over the studios. TCLUSA.com or any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. Aki and Judd with Rami. I think we're barking up the right tree here. And they're saying conduits of trouble, right? <laughs> conduits of trouble? Yeah. yeah. 80s wrestling tag team. <laughs> I'm just envisioning like a WWE pay-per-view or something and, and all of a sudden like the music hits. <laughs> the conduits of trouble are here! Mackie and Chud with Rami on Score North and scorenorth.com. A high fly left center field. Nice call, partner. A two-run home run for Byron Buxton. His second of the year. And it's 4-1. to one. All right. Jason Stark from The Athletic and MLB Network. The Twins made it interesting this afternoon. Uh, they plunked Mike Trout with the bases loaded to cut it to 8-7, but Shohei Otani grounds out 
to end the game and giving the Twins a 27 and 15 record, second best in baseball. We're uh, we're we're still trying to slap ourselves and find out is this really happening? The Twins haven't been good in like nine years, so <laughs> <laughs> of course it's happening. It's going to happen. This is real. Thank you. This is right. Real life. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Um, can we ask you? So, Madison Bumgarner is a name we've been talking about this week on our show, just because the Twins are going to be in ad mode here in the next couple months. How do you perceive Madison Bumgarner right now? Like, what percentage of what he was as World Series MVP is he going to be down the stretch if he's healthy this year? Like, is he 75% of what he was? Like, what would you be acquiring if you traded for a Madison Bumgarner? Yeah, he's at least 75% of that. I, You know, he's uh, we think of him as old. Remember, he pitched in the World Series in 2010 at 20 years old. So he's got a lot left. And if you look at his numbers and you look inside the raw numbers, you will see this guy is still really good. His swinging strike rate is really good. He's, he is uh, one of those competitors that you look him in the eye and you think, I don't want to mess with him. <laughs> and so he he is Unless something changes, right? Unless he gets in a motorbike accident or something, he is going to be the main attraction in July, I think. I hope not, Jason. Uh, Jason, what is one deadline now going to do to trades, too? Because obviously there there was always July 31st, and then that, you know, period where guys could clear the waiver process and get traded. That's done now. Do you expect more trades pre-All-Star game because we are just going to have one deadline instead of the whole uh, process we've had for so many years? You know, I, I, I talked to a GM about this just yesterday. Nobody is exactly sure what to expect. I, when I asked him about that, the first thing he said was, I hate this. <laughs> you know, because uh, the prices in July uh, you know, tend to be high, exorbitant sometimes. And you know, you could always say no in the past if you're buying with a thought that, well, somebody will pop out there in August that I can pick up and it'll be a lot cheaper. That no longer is a factor. And so I I, I don't think anybody has completely anticipated every ramification of it yet. Uh, it's possible that the market opens early. certainly possible. Um, I mean, the draft is in a few weeks, and usually right after the draft is when teams start thinking seriously about this. But the the, the thing that, that nobody seems to have figured out is, you know, those deals you used to make when somebody got hurt in August. How do you make them now? How do you how, how do you how do you fill that hole that you used to fill with a waiver deal in August? Talking with Jason Stark of The Athletic and MLB Network here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. In your opinion, do you think the Twins would be better served to go and get, say, a Madison Bumgarner as starting pitcher or to add a piece or two to that bullpen that could that could secure that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jason. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Keep being with you. Uh, you know, the, the, the story of October baseball in the last few years is unlike the way that story's been written for a, for a century. Um, it's not really about who's got the best rotation anymore. That's very helpful <laughs> to have the great dominating rotation. But I've always thought you've, you've 
you've got to dominate one area of the game. It doesn't necessarily have to be that area of the game. And so dominating the back end of the game, if you have a, if you have an offense that you're convinced can score against good pitching in October, the bullpen is just as important to address. Now, the good thing about those bullpen additions is they're not usually as sexy as Ballyhooter's expensive as the starting pitching additions, right? But that I don't. I, again, nobody knows exactly how having one trading deadline will change any of that. Uh, Jason Stark from the Athletic and MLB Network, and we're going to talk here shortly about a new podcast project that uh, he just announced earlier this week. But Chris Sale. I was uh, flipping through and saw just some updates on his strike. He struck out the first six batters he faced last night, and then he winds up with 17 strikeouts through seven innings, but the pitch count was it wasn't absurdly high. It was 108, and uh, and they just decided, okay, there's it's it's May. There's no reason to go. Now, they, they wind up losing the game, the Red Sox did, to the Colorado Rockies. But so two-part question, um, is 108 pitches just – in any scenario, even if there's a record to be broken, the 20 strikeout record to be broken, is it just off limits? And is that record ever going to be broken at this point? If a guy like Chris Sale is pulled after seven with 17 strikeouts, <laughs> you know, I wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago about how the no hitter is endangered. Of course, then we had a no hitter. So I, the, the answer is, <laughs> it's not going to be. It's not like we're never going to see another one. But it's rare because of pitch counts. Um, the reason I would think that we should not say we'll never see another one is that I, I think we're heading for a day for where all 27 outs are strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but it just goes up and up and up. It's been the 14th year in a row. We've never seen any stat like that in history that went up 14 years in a row. So there's going to be swing and a missing. We know that. The question is how you handle pitch count, and that is completely an individual matter. If you look at Chris Sale, how did Chris Sale spend his summer last year? Not, Not lifting pitching. weights. Oh, <laughs> right? he almost never pitched. Sure. Uh, he was his shoulder hurt. He was on the DL. He came back for one start. He went back on the DL, and even in October he was only able to start once a series. And so they don't want that to happen again. And so 108 pitches for him is different than 108 pitches for Max Scherzer, who I actually talked to about striking out 20 while we were talking about no hitters. And he, you know, his, he's got more fondness for the 20 strikeout game that he had than his no hitters. And he basically said, Hey, you know, if I, if I got 18 strikeouts, I am going out there, but not if I've got 130 pitches. So, this is a fascinating trend in the sport, but your point, I think, is it's endangering the the most fun records in the sport, and that stinks. It does, but is that is that a bad thing in in the sense that I I get why though here? Like, there's some things in sports that that are done, and you're like, oh come on. But at least with pitchers, Jason, it does make some sense. So it, it endangers. Records that I think we as fans and in our job in the press care about and like, but the logic of why it's being done, I think, makes sense. Totally. You know, I understand 
the thinking behind so many things that are going on in baseball right now. Uh, the thinking's never been more brilliant or more creative and in many ways more sensible. But we keep talking about this, how the stuff that makes great baseball thinking and great baseball strategy doesn't necessarily make for great entertainment strategy. And that's where we are. So, yeah, you want to keep pitchers healthy. Let me ask you something, though. Pitchers have never pitched less than they pitch now, correct? Yeah. Yes. And, and is that making them healthier? Uh, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're they're no. undergoing surgery at record rates, I think, Jason. Right, so maybe there's another solution. Yeah. I, I wish there was, because like those... Chris Sale wanted to go out there. You could see it in the dugout, right? His conversation with Alex Cora. And I would watch that. (laughs) I watched that game until he came out, and then I found other things to do. Didn't Leo Mazzoni, the the former great pitching coach of of the Braves in the 90s, didn't didn't he have the theory that that pitching these guys less actually... May have led to more injuries, and and so he would he would have his guys throw more in between starts than most pitching coaches did. Yeah, that's that's not quite his theory, but you're correct that about that. Every day, he wanted his pitchers to throw or even get up on the mound and pantomime throwing because he felt the motion, the pitching motion, and repeating that daily was promoted health. And it, I mean, for the most part, with that staff, it worked. Not in, not in John Smoltz's case, but certainly Glad and Maddox. Um, there are a lot of theories. Talk to Jim Codd sometime. He's got a few. Yeah. Jason Stark uh, with us here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. So Mitch Garver, he was in a walking boot and on the injured list now. We don't know how long he's going to be out with an ankle sprain. It could be several weeks. Miguel Sano was called up, and we'll see him in the Twins lineup sometime soon. But Mitch Garver... Jason, uh, he only 91 plate appearances, but nine home runs and a 1,164 OPS. <laughs> He's been a good hitter in the minors, and he was decent at the plate last year, but just kind of came out of nowhere. And uh, you and I were texting earlier. Let's 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 go last 10 years so that we're not into the Brady Andersons of the steroid era. Last 10 years or so, some of your favorite players to pop up with power out of nowhere, like Mitch Garver did with the Twins this year. Yeah, I mean, thanks for. You know, keeping the Brady Anderson era out of this because then we have a whole different conversation. <laughs> hey, we we've got some of this going on right now. Christian Yelich is a good example. I got a big piece on him on our site. Four the four full seasons he spent in Miami, fifty four homers. Seven months in Milwaukee, fifty two homers. Oof, wow! Uh, how about this is the best one of them all? Tommy Lastella. Yeah. All right, four years with the Cubs, nine homers. Six weeks in Anaheim, ten homers. <laughs> that, that's a good one. That's what amazing. And Yandy Diaz is another one. Two homers in two years with the Indians. Nine homers already with Tampa Bay. And, you know, you, you can look behind all of these, and there are explanations. I really went through it with Christian Yelich because he always is a great hitter with great bat-to-ball skills and tremendous hitting IQ, but he didn't hit a ball in the air. He had line drives. He never hit fly balls. He got to Milwaukee, one of the great hitters' parks. He hits three times as many fly balls now as he used to. And what happens? Those those balls in a great hitters' park leave the yard. Yandy Diaz was near was among the league leaders last year in exit velocity. 
didn't hit a lot of fly balls. It goes to Tampa Bay. They work on just slight tweaking of the launch angle, and bam, those hard-hit line drives are now home runs. Um, that's where we are as a sport now. Teams looking at the data and trying to turn it into these kinds of hit players. He's dead now, but Jason, what would Charlie Lau say? <laughs> Walt Reniak, all of these guys. I mean, I remember growing up and Brett, Charlie Lau was Brett's guy, right? And Brett had the great sweet swing that was even keel and always the same. It'd be so interesting to go back now and find out how the game has progressed, what those um, old-school baseball people would say about the fact that, that you're right, they've all changed their swing and their uppercuts now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that is shift-driven. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, you know, I've been talking to people in baseball this week, and they're, you know, they're messing around with banning shifts in the Atlantic League, don't know whether that's going to ever happen in the big leagues, but they really do have this belief that they need to somehow incentivize that contact not lifting you know contact not swinging and missing and whether banning shifts would do that whether I, I mean my my suspicion is rather than quoting like dead hitting coaches if we just paid guys who hit for a high average again that might work um but this is a big issue in the game. Uh, by the way, breaking twins news they did option Trevor Hildenberger and his eight and a half ERA down to Rochester they got so my tweet they'll have to Find another pitcher down there who can come up and and face uh, and face teams in close games. So, Jason, let's uh, we want to talk about your podcast in a second here, but let's do some trivia because I think it plays off of the question that we just threw at you. So, let's fire this up. Yeah, I mean, originally when I was crafting this question, I was thinking Mitch Garver would probably hit fifty homers. Now, if it'll be out a few weeks, maybe he'll downgrade to forty or whatever. Yeah, but could live with 40. Uh, in the last forty years, three Twins catchers have hit. 15 homers or more in a season. So you guys have to name those three. Okay, Joe Maurer. 40 years. Yeah, Joe Maurer, give me. Yeah, right. 20, 28. So 40 years. Uh, Butch Weiniger? Mm. Butch Weiniger would have been, came up in, I think he was AL Rookie of the Year in seven. He was an All Star in 76. Did Brian Harper ever hit more than 15? That's very possible. I don't think I'm going to be of much use on this one, guys. I don't have the. In-depth history of Twins Jody, catchers. Jody Davis, perhaps, do. Ronnie. Yeah, uh, Jody Davis. Should we start throwing in Cubs catchers for you? Rick Wilkins. Wow. <laughs> Matt Waldat. <laughs> Former twin, too. Carlos Villanueva. Oh, boy. Those are some fun names. Is he a catcher? Um, Tyler Houston was a catcher. <laughs> he was. Yeah, he, he was. Be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Brian Harper. That's a good guess, but he was short of 15. Oh. He peaked out at 12. Oh, I think, That's a good guess, though. I think one's on Fox Sports North right now. No. Lods? Lods hit some home runs, yeah. Did he? Lods had power. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had power. He hit 16 one year. Yes. All right, Lods. Uh, Very good. So we got two of the three now. We got Maurer. And we need you one got more. one more. We need one more. I wonder, if we, I wonder if it is Butch. I'm just trying to think of who, who else was in that. Well, in the last, like, uh, well, I mean, you can check a lot of the ones in the last 15 yeah, years. Not, Mike not Redman, yeah, Mike no, Redman. No. Mike Redman hit 15 balls out of the infield. Well, one Joe year. caught for how long? So Joe was basically the only one in that time span who would have gotten the oh. bats to. Does Ryan Domit count? Yeah, he does. 
He, he would be the answer. I, he, I know he Oh, hit. look oh, at that. No, oh, yeah. He hit you. him as a non-catcher, right? But, very nice. Pull yeah, he hit 18 in 2012. I, we're, we're counting that. Ryan Dolman. Bit of an odd. Oh, wait, before the crowd roars, you got one wrong. <laughs> bit of an odd drop there. Ryan Dolman not correct. That's true. So we, we technically do not win the point. I, I was waiting for Terry Steinbach or AJ. Well, yes. AJ, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, AJ, but AJ. AJ with the twins was never. He never really got into the uh, home run launch angle. Thing. Yeah. Right. Um, Ryan Domit's one of my favorite. When I covered the Twins beat for three or four years uh, at the beginning of the Target Field era, I was uh, Ryan dropped a pop up that led to like seven runs in an inning, and the Twins lost, and they were twenty games under five hundred. And of course, like you're a beat writer, you ask questions, and I said, "So what <laughs> happened on that pop up?" And he turns around and stares a hole through the back of my head and says. What the bleep do you think happened? I dropped a pop-up and never talked to me again. So, Ryan Dolman and I are probably not going to get beers anytime soon. But Good gig, huh? Tell us about, <laughs> tell us about your new podcast uh, with Ugg Glanville, Jason Stark. Yeah, it's new podcast is called Starkville, which is the name of, a, of an actual place, but not a place that we're actually doing the podcast. Uh, it's a clever combination of our two names, Stark and Glanville, right? And Doug and I have been friends for a long time. He made the mistake of going to Penn and reading me and then getting traded to the Phillies in the late 90s. And if you're familiar with my work, you know, I'm always looking for the funniest guy in the locker room. That was him. So we quickly began conspiring on all kinds of goofy projects, including one in which... He wound up meeting Tyra Banks, which we explain <laughs> on this podcast. Um, but that's kind of our mission statement for this. It's we want this to be the most fun baseball podcast in the Potterverse, and reaction so far is that happened. Awesome, the Potterverse. Awesome. I like that, Jason Stark. Stark. Yeah, I think I think that's not a word, but it is now. It, it sounds good now. to me. Yep. All right, so, so go you find can it. Find this podcast. On the athletic website or the athletic app, it is not available on other platforms at this time. All right, Just, you know, check it out, Jason Stark. Thank you so much, and we'll talk again next week. Uh, always a pleasure, guys. Thanks, thanks, right. Jason. Uh, so much fun, man. Ryan Domit. Ryan oh Domit. Uh, by the way, I figured out. I can't believe you pulled that. Oof. That was impressive. No, that that was very nice. <clears throat> I figured out. It, Despite the fact I think I brought up banning shifts like three years back on our show, the old show, it's going to be impossible to ban shifts, basically. And here's why. The main shift now takes what hit away consistently. The, the pole ground ball. No, I'm thinking of the screaming oh, one screamer up the middle, the middle right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't ban that. You can't tell. Like, you could take the second baseman and say you can't be on the left side of second base. And you can mm-hmm. take the shortstop and say you can't play on the right side of second, but you can't ban the guy from playing directly behind the bag. Right, but you could ban so putting you, you could ban putting three infielders to the right of second base and make it make it easier for left handed hitters to get hits. You could still I Okay. Mean, I'm just doesn't mean you that, can't put a guy over second base and take that right, hit away. That's the that's the hit that now seems to be really, really hard to get and it always used to be a single. That's the hit that's it ended the game today. Shohei Otani yep. had a base hit up that's the middle true. that would have ended the game today, basically. I think the evolution of the shift will be and we've we're starting to see it a little bit now. They're using it on Bryce Harper as the extra outfielder. Because hitters the softball idea. Their response yeah. to the shift is not, well, I'll go the other way to beat the shift. They say, Go ahead and shift. I'm going to hit it over the infield anyways, Correct. hopefully over the wall. Correct. So the the response to that, the logical response to that, if I'm a manager, is 
okay, so you want to hit it over the infield? I'm just going to put an extra guy out there to catch it when you hit it over the infield. But I can, put him in shallow right center. But I can ban that. I mean, if I'm baseball, I can ban that. I, I'm trying to think of who can you tell who can you tell you can't be there, you can't be in a certain place, and you can be. Like I can say that you can't that you have to have a player that that you have to have four players with their foot on the dirt, basically. So I can stop you from doing that. But I keep going back to I can't really tell the shortstop or second baseman that they can't be essentially behind the bag. Right. Because I'm trying to think of what you can ban. I don't want to ban any kind of shift whatsoever. I know you don't. I think the more strategy you inject into the game, the better. I only care about bombs. That's all I care about. It's not dumb it down. You guys are talking about your little ground balls to the left side. I don't agree with Rami, but you know what? At least he brings a sense of baseball history to this show. Thank you. You talk about that. bombs and wrestling and <laughs> these goon tactics that I find to be despicable. A sense of baseball history. I mean, I got plenty of baseball history sense. I played baseball video games in the 90s. I just gave you a Rick Wilkins pull. That's the type of baseball right. history. I oh, that was your, your, you Cubs like that? Ca- your Cubs Rick catcher Wilkins, pulls man. were... He was good. He was. He could hit. He was. Weird I liked stance. Him. I liked him. Scott Open service. stance. Remember Scott Service? I do indeed. He's a manager now, isn't he? He is, right? I think Te- so. Is it Texas? Somewhere. I don't know. What's Steve Bouchelle doing these days? That's a great question. His kid his kid was the quarterback of Texas, and I think he transferred because he lost the job. He had one of the great baseball mullets. I don't know if you remember Steve oh, Bouchelle's oh, baseball mullet. Big time. Yeah. Oh, oh. The old mullet was fantastic. Right up there with Frank Viola. Right up there. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. What about Candy Maldonado? He was oh, a Cub, right? Yes. Yes. I was I was actually a bigger Candy Maldonado fan than one probably should be. He was really why he was, no that's fine that's great. I mean he never did anything for the Cubs. When he they, was a Giant, right? I think he was a Blue Jay when they got him. Okay, and was good. I, I and, was, I, uh, and oh. as a child, as a little kid, yeah. I was like, oh well, he'll just be good again. Yeah. But it, he was at the end of. Since we're in the middle of an obscure Cub name off, I used to love two middle infielders, just like light-hitting middle infielders for the Cubs, Luis Vizcaino and Ray Sanchez. Loved them both. Oh, Loved them both. I just, was older when those guys played. That's frightening. Just double-play snipers, but couldn't hit their way out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> 84 Cubs, which was my team, Bull Durham at first, Ryan Sandberg at second, Boa, Ron Say, the Sarge, Gary Matthews in left, Bobby Dernier in center, Moreland in right, Jody Davis behind the plate. Now those were my Cubs. I this is a nice trip down memory. I love that. Really I love like that this. team. This is it nice. Is. Yep. Um, we got we we got to talk about. Let's let's do some of this when we come back here. Rami had his first real taste of Minnesota sports last I night. I was baptized. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I think he I think he snapped out of it pretty quick when it was like, whoa, okay, I just whoa, I just got waterboarded there for. <laughs> Five seconds. <laughs> yeah. No, I, we've got the reaction. I think we have the reaction. We'll play. <laughs> the Rated Mutual Insurance Company is here to remind everyone to drive safe. All right. There's, uh, there's a lot of people, and I've been guilty of this, and fortunately, Minnesota has cracked down legally on people doing this with their phones in their cars. You can't even hold your phone anymore. And uh, the human brain is actually incapable of focusing on two tasks at one hand. We cannot multitask while keeping our full attention on one or the other. It's not possible. 3,450 people died in distracted driving accidents just a couple years ago in the United States. Teens are the largest group reported as distracted at the time of a, of a bad accident, but but adults and older people are also just as guilty. I've, I've seen people in their cars reading books and staring at phones. So let's always make sure that getting to our destination safely is the number one priority 
when we're in the car. And everything else can just wait until we're there. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. The fourth pick in the 2019 NBA Draft goes to the Los Angeles Lakers. The third pick goes to the New York Knicks. <laughs> Let that breathe. The second pick will be made by... The Memphis Grizzlies, oh. and that means that the number one pick in the 2019 NBA Draft goes to the New Orleans wow. Pelicans, and that means that the number one pick... I, I already played that. Um, <laughs> Where's the reaction, though, from your guys' watch-along, oh. which I got home and watched last night? We'll get there. So, I, Rami didn't realize it was a shorter break, so I want to wait till Rami, okay. Rami went down, I, and I distracted... Because it's, it's priceless. And then I distracted Rami with discussion about the 1997 Cubs for two minutes during that break, so he's coming back down the hallway To here. set the things up, though, it's priceless because you react like... You're, you're disappointed, but, like, I don't see it. Like, you're like, uh, yeah. To see Rami get his first taste. Oh, yeah. Like, but it's real. Like, his reactions... Yeah. His, his reaction's not a bit... He's not trying to be funny. It's the real reaction that sports fans in this town eventually, yeah. like like you get past. Rami's reaction last night is a one-time thing. We're going to play it here. Okay. So this isn't like, like we've all had that Do moment. Do we have to? Oh, yeah. Do we, I have to relive this? Yes. Yeah. Turn your headphones up. <laughs> get, get used to it. <laughs> Like Minnesota sports fans all have that oh. that real heart wrenching moment when they when they they went from just being an innocent Minnesota sports fan yeah. to oh my god what is like what, what is this feeling? Nineteen ninety eight Vikings for me, um, North Stars for you, right in the early nineteen eighties. And so Rami hasn't had that yet because he's only been here for a few months. But last night we saw like five seconds of it, and you can see the video of our reaction. We weren't we were blindsided by it because we were thinking oh this. This is the Lakers slot. We still have 30 seconds to mentally prepare ourselves for if the Wolves are at 10 or not. And this was the... Here we go. Number 11. This is the Lakers slot. They're moving up to, aren't they? <laughs> they oh, no! The Wolves! Oh, no! No! The Wolves moved down? The Lakers moved oh, up. Oh, my God. Why did I, why did I have faith? <laughs> why, did I, why was I stupid and have faith? That something good would happen for the Timberwolves. I should have listened to Judd. I should have just listened to Judd's all <laughs> I never said that. Yeah. Play that again. I That's really good. I never play, said play that. Play that again. Oh, said, it's really easy. I gotta to call okay, my Mike Francesa. Hold on a second. I gotta I gotta text Dawn and say, listen to what Rami The said. internet nowadays, they can they can doctor up anything. Nah, I didn't I never said that. I will Here deny ever saying that. They're moving up too, aren't they? No! The Wolves moved down? The Lakers moved oh up. Oh, my God. Why did, I, why did I have faith? Why, did I, why was I stupid and have faith that something good would happen for the Timberwolves? I should have listened to Judd. I should have just listened to Judd's all yet. Can I tell you guys <laughs> why? not something I've ever said. Can I tell you guys why I love that, and it does not have to do with you saying that you should have uh, ultimately listened to me, Rami? I love that because of the three reactions. All right? There's Phil's, which is sort of a disgust, but he's just been kicked again. So, like, he's on the ground. He's been beat up, and he just gets kicked again. Danny, God bless him. What's what's Danny, 25? Yeah, like 26, 25, yeah. Danny's a kid. God bless him. He's a Cleveland sports fan, too, so he definitely has 
But he thought he really held out hope, and I can see see why. And by the way, keep in mind, Cleveland sports fans in the NBA draft lottery have plenty of success. Yeah, that's one place where they're so, used to winning. So what I hear from Danny was the he's been he's had a pin stuck in the thought of I might get to cover Zion and Cat. And then when Rami kicks in, it's just great. It's like a band playing. Like Rami like comes in with the final instrumental. It's just <laughs> my guitar solo. Yes, it's just because you're like, the bridge. That's Here my seven-minute guitar solo. That's what I love about that clip. So, how did you feel in that moment? That was that was really like you gut s- punched. You sit here and you and and you know, you absorb all of our pessimism yeah. and, and I our tried, cynicism. I try to fend it off, yeah. like with the twins, with Judd opening the show today, pretending like it's all doom and gloom for the twins, and this thing is off the rails, even though they won. I fend it off, and and the brakes are cut, and there's no stopping <laughs> that trade. I tried to not buy into the pessimism because things that have happened in the past don't necessarily have a bearing on what happens in the present or in the future. I believe Mike Rand from the Star Tribune, I think he tweeted this at you maybe earlier today. No, I tweeted him back. He tweeted this out in general, and it's amazing. The one in 10,000 thing. So the, the, the Wolves have moved. The Wolves have been drafting in the lottery for most of 30 years. They've never moved up. They've moved down 12 times. And they only had a 20% chance of moving down in this lottery because the further down you are, like it's less likely that a team behind you is going to jump up, right? Right. And so uh, he, he calculated that it's a 1 in 10,000 chance that they would move down in those 12 lotteries. A 1 in 12,000 chance that they would move down in all of those 12 lotteries. I'm not. Or 1 in 10,000. I'm not a mathematician, say. and he's probably a much smarter man than I. But aren't your odds the same? You're like. Your odds are on a given year what they are. You're it, whether or not you moved up or down in one draft doesn't. Aff- it's like playing the lottery. Like if I play the lottery well, every it, day, it is playing the lottery exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying if I if I play the lottery every day, people think that your odds of going up or your odds of winning go up the more often you play the lottery, which is not no, the case. It's taking your a odds subset. are what they are on any given chance or any any given instance of playing the lottery. No, what it's saying is like. There's a if if you win the let's say you win you play the Powerball and you have a one in blank percent chance of winning it in any given time. Yeah. And then the next question is, well, what if you play it 10 times? What are the chances of you winning it 10 times over a period of like 30 years or whatever that is? Well, those those odds are different than if you play it one time. Sure. So he's looking at it and saying, for you to move down in all 12 of those, what are the chances of that happening? And he's saying it's 1 in 10,000, that you wouldn't just I'll take his word for that. it. That's pretty damn remarkable. And to and never move in a good up. Way. Yeah. That's amazing. And here's the other remarkable thing. So the Pelicans were a 6% chance to win the lottery, and they won it. And now this question of, well, are they gonna, what are they going to do with Anthony Davis, and are they going to trade this or that? Well, now they have Zion and Anthony. They have the two most coveted trade ships right now in the NBA, basically. And Anthony, a, year, a year left of Anthony Davis and then Zion Williamson. So if the Wolves had just lost three more games, they would have had the 6% chance that the Pelicans had. You're drawing, you're drawing a slot, not a team. Yeah, and I could find three games real simple. Oh my God! The game that Andrew Wiggins dropped thirty-five or forty in Ryan, in Ryan Saunders' yes. first game, right? Yes. Uh, but but then on the Golden flip side, State, Golden State here. If but then you could play the other card too. If the Wolves had just won an extra game, 
and had the Lakers. Lakers slot, then they would have had a top four pick and thus would have drafted a player that has a better chance of becoming a superstar. Instead, they're the Wolves. Everything and is stupid. And of course, they, Everything is they, stupid. Can, they don't ever do the right thing. Like, the luck's against them. This is now, now, the one good thing, though, is you go into to something like last night knowing that they've got no chance, okay? The real heartbreak is the Vikings. Who don't tell you when they're going to? They tease you. They don't tell you when they're going to brutally make you watch the end of a game. At least the Wolves is like, okay, it's the lottery balls. This is frustrating to watch, but you're used to it, and it's the lottery. With the Vikings, it's they line up for this field goal, and you know, you know what's going to happen, and you can't stop it. That's the yeah. Punch. With the Wolves, it's a heavyweight fight, and you come out of your corner, and they just punch exactly. you right in the face, and it's, the fight's over. It's Tyson early Tyson. With the Vikings, right. it's like a grueling twelve round yeah. bout that ends with a a a a blow below the belt that ends everything for you. And that's what made the Saints game so tough. Is is that Saints game was such a tease of oh my gosh, I think it's changed. I think it's changed. They got all the luck there. Well. The other good thing about last night's lottery was that the Knicks didn't get the top pick because I can't stand James Dolan and Knicks fans are insufferable except when they're suffering. And I don't know about you guys, but I enjoyed watching Stephen A. Smith have a breakdown on Twitter last night. Did you guys see this? This is, for those of you who haven't, the the vi- the audio is just as good as the video because the video yes. is mostly like it's like him in a dimly lit dark area and it's like grainy video it's worse than it's worse quality than anything Judd has ever tweeted <laughs> out and that's impressive. I mean, this is a good look, man. I, no, this is his. This is on TV. I am suffering. Oh, I'm sorry. This is oh, not I the tweet. The wrong thing. Yeah, Wait. I want I want the tweet one. Do okay. we have that? I, I don't think we have the tweet one. I, I think we picked that one. Hold on, Jonathan. If you could do a quick Google search. Okay. Yeah, just play it well, right well, off what, Twitter. Well, what's this one? I mean, this is a good look, That's on TV. Man. I think this is his uh, radio show today. I am suffering. Declan found this one. It's hard to take. How many years? I'm not talking. I'm talking to you as listeners of this radio show as a native New Yorker. But I got to admit, Jonathan, I got to admit, John Winthrop, I'm talking to God himself. I need prayer. I need my prayers answered for just once. Please. please you understand what he's please. saying. <laughs> Can't even get words out of this point. Let's do this because we're up against a break here. We've got we've got the clip it's we were so referencing. Good. It's so good. We're coming back in just a couple of minutes. It's it's I don't even know like what to think of it. It's him just being him on steroids and a conversation with Andrew Brandt who ran the Packers in the late 90s and early 2000s, and he answers the question we had yesterday, is the salary cap even real in the NFL? How could the Vikings <laughs> just like snap their fingers and like, you, you, we're going to put this into a signing bonus, and now we have cap space. So we have a great discussion about the Vikings and cap space and amazing audio when we come back to the TCL Studios. Mackie and Jeb with Rob.